Hello, my name is Katie, and this is how I completely surrender to God. As a child, I attend Sunday service, read the Bible, and served at the church after my mom became a Christian. My sister and I would go with her simply because she wants us to go, and we obeyed. It wasn't until our high school years when we decide for ourselves if we wanted to continue going. I continued going, but went to another church different from my mom's because my mom had brought us to that church evangelical night. And on that very night, I accepted Jesus as my savior. I was very touched by the guest speaker's sermon on how Jesus sacrificed His life for me. It wasn't something new that I haven't heard before, but this time was different. I felt like my heart had opened up to Him. And a few years later, as I learned more about Jesus, I decided to get baptized there as well. I was attending this church regularly and serving in different areas like the music team, the committee in the fellowship, and designing materials for the church. As graphic design was my major in university, I basically grew up at this church in terms of my Christian walk, and this is also where I met my boyfriend, who would later become my husband. However, years went by. And the church stopped growing. A lot of older Christians, whom I had respect for, had left the church. There were quarrels and division among the church, which did nothing but harm to the congregation. I continued to stay, even though it wasn't like how it was before. Although I had thoughts of leaving, I had nowhere else to go, because I considered this place my spiritual home. After I graduated and started working, things haven't changed much for this church. Pastors change from one to another, and for a long period of time, we don't even have a pastor. Families continue to leave one after another. I still stayed, but sometimes wondered why this was happening to a church that once cared more about people than the building itself. It was a frustrating time for my faith. Sometimes I felt discouraged about the hypocrisy that I saw in my church. An incident happened to me at that church, which left me devastated. And eventually, I left the church and was angry with God, why it happened. I didn't want to leave, but because I got sexually harassed in the church, and feeling unsafe. I decide to leave. Back then, when I was dating my husband, I told him I am leaving the church. He wanted to stay, but I insist on leaving because I just couldn't stay there anymore with the injustice that I felt. The elders' board meeting didn't really help me at all with the situation, but instead, the message and feedback that I got was they basically wanted me to keep quiet. Knowing that I don't have any eyewitnesses or evidence to state my case, I felt pressured and was being treated like I was the one who caused the trouble.
I can't seem to trust my pastor anymore since I already raised the concern before the incident happened. But months went by, and nothing was done for me to change to another small group. After I left unannounced, the incident seemed to be swept under the rug. I never got any follow-up on my situation like they have promised, let alone any closure. Nevertheless, God is powerful, and He works in mysterious ways. Around the same time, my mother was diagnosed with cancer. Working a full-time job and going to the hospital has taken a toll on me. I remember that I was so anxious when my phone rang at work. Whenever my mom finished surgery or after her treatments, I was so worried. And because of the high demanding job at a publishing company, working overtime was inevitable, and it wasn't easy to even take a sick day off. So eventually, I quit my job and decided to spend more time with my mom. I never regret quitting my job, but it did make me feel insecure without one. This was because I really wanted to be able to support myself and leave home. I even wanted to have my own place so that when my mom cannot stand the abuse from my dad, she can have a place of solitude. This was my goal. As to why I worked so hard to a point that I put too much pressure on myself and lose all interest in other things, I barely took care of myself and went into depression without knowing it, until I only weighed less than hundred pounds. Back then, I remember that only my non-Christian friends were there to support me and make sure I was okay. Leaving church, quitting my job, and my goals vanished puts me in depression. After leaving the church, my boyfriend, now my husband, followed me and continued to get me back to church. We had a lot of arguments why I should go back to church, and I insisted that I don't need a church due to the hypocrisy. During those times. I even hated Christians, and I refused to even call myself a Christian, though I still follow Christ. It was a very contradicting time, because on one hand I believe in Jesus, but on the other hand I hated the body of Christ. I remember telling my boyfriend that we will never find a church that focuses on Christ as long as there is hypocrisy. And I only agreed to visit different churches and not stay in one. Not until I went to a church where a young lady was the pastor of the church congregation. Maybe because she's a female, I felt that I could trust her. And at that time, a young female pastor with a passion for Christ is a rare sight. We visited a few times, and I remembered one of her sermons. Was about the hardening of the hearts. It sank down in my heart. Back then, I did feel like a living zombie, without a heart or a soul, and I barely felt the need to eat. But God was speaking to me through her somehow.
and I started to listen. She even prayed for me, and I began to open up to her. Not long after, my mom went back with the Lord. At her funeral, my mom's church helped organize the service for her, and I was very grateful. A few brothers and sisters came to my mom's funeral from my previous church, but I was very disappointed that the reverend didn't come, because he was busy with other things. Yet the church that I visited for only a few times heard the news, and many came to support, even though they never met my mom. All the pastors and the reverend from the new church came. I was beyond touched and comforted. I can tell that they have the heart for God, so I gave in and started attending that church. A year later, my husband and I got engaged, and we held our wedding there. We've got a lot of support from this church, and we've met brothers and sisters that are close to Christ. Still, I felt sad and depressed. I don't know why, and even after I've got married. Things haven't changed much. I still felt like I was missing something. Suddenly, one day, it felt so heavy in my heart that it seems like I couldn't breathe. I started crying out to God, "God, you don't love me. You took away my mom, and you let injustice happen to me. I thought you loved me." Basically, I lashed out all the anger towards God. For all the bitterness that I felt for all these years, and how I was the victim. I don't want to be the victim. By then, all the memories about my dad came rushing in my mind, of how he abused everyone in the family. We were living in fear every day, not knowing when my dad would suddenly lose control and threaten or hurt us. My dad is also a Christian. He accepted Christ after he had a near-death car accident. Yet he hasn't changed much after being a Christian. All his negative and abusive words came to my mind. However, my experience of an abusive father made me question my heavenly Father's love for me. I only let Christ in my life partially because it was so hard for me. To trust any male figures in my life, I have tried to look up to my earthly father, my pastors, and my boyfriend to protect me, but I end up in disappointments. I mean, how can I trust God and surrender to Him completely when I never even met Him face to face? All I had were bitter memories of my earthly father. I was scared of disappointment. God, I've been praying to you all this time to help my family, but you ignore me. Now that my mom is not here anymore, I have nothing to look forward to. Without mom, my family will break apart. I hate you. But then I just kept on crying and crying. And I felt like I was down in a deep, dark well with no escape. Then I heard a gentle voice calling my name, "Katie, I'm here. 
reached for my hand. I am not sure if I had a vision or not, but it was so vivid that there was a bright, glowing hand reaching for me. All I had to do was grab onto his hand, but I hesitated. And again, the voice told me not to be scared. And I looked over to his hand, and I saw a hole. It was like a scar caused by nailing on the cross. Don't you remember that I first loved you? He said. All of a sudden, it seems like all my questions were answered. Jesus was a victim too. He understands what I am going through with the injustice, and he wept and know how it feels like to lose someone you love. He knows the pain I was going through because he took my sin on the cross and bare them. He is the victim for my sins. I cried and I cried and said, "Sorry, Lord." I even realized that I have loved my mom more than God, and made her an idol in my life. Whatever I did was trying to make her happy. And obey her will for me. I wasn't really obeying the Lord in my life. Even at church, I seemed to look at other Christians and their walk in Christ rather than at Christ Himself. All these years, I read about Christ's crucifixion on the cross and was moved by His love, but I wasn't able to relate to it, and it seemed so far-fetched and unreachable. But the moment he called my name and reached for me, I realized that he was always there, waiting for me to trust and follow him. I haven't really surrendered to him or trust him with all my heart. It's not that God didn't love me; it's that I never truly understand God's love for me. I realized that I was the one who resented him. Then I asked the Lord to forgive me, and that I am ready to surrender to Him. Then I had a vision. That I reached His hand, and He pulled me back up from the dark pit, and into the light. After that, I felt an unexplainable sense of peace and comfort, like I have been set free. That day. I surrender completely to Jesus, and He directs my life. Now Jesus is not only my Savior, but God is my heavenly Father who protects and loves me. I no longer suffer from depression, and I take care of myself because I was brought with a price. From this experience, I now know that God is love, and His love. Never fails. Thank you for listening, and God bless. Thank you, Katie. I can see this is a careful and honest story of self-examination and confession. The focal point beyond the biographical facts of this story is at the love of Jesus and how He reshapes life as we know it. The same Jesus you first heard about early on. Is the same Jesus who comes to your rescue 
after your troubles were revealed later on. For you, he was always there. I want to begin with scripture in this response and read with you from several places in Ephesians 5, here at verse 3 to 12 in particular. But sexual immorality and all impurity or coveting must not even be named among you as is proper among saints. Verse 7. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them, as in not to cover them up or excuse them, because covering it up helps the taking part to continue. Verse 12. For it is shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret. But when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore it says, in the Bible, verse 14 here, Therefore it says, Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Katie, you describe yourself at one point like a living zombie, having come through abuse or injustice, without heart or soul, in a deep, dark well, your words. And what the Bible says about you is not to become partners with them who do these things in sexually immoral or impure behavior that stay in the dark. And then the Bible says to you, Awake, O sleeper! Rise from the dead. It is in God's light, as you may even see in a vision, if he so choose, that you become alive in the Spirit by him, in God's light. And God's call to you is to come nearer into his light every day. This is why your story is worth telling, because ultimately you speak of Jesus and the real comfort of his love according to the Bible. Now in the same chapter 5, still in Ephesians, also talks about husbands and wives. Verse 22. Wives, submit to your own husband, for husband is head of the wife, as Christ is head of the church. 25. Husbands, love your wives, as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word of God to be presented with spotless splendor. Katie, you are also the church when you surrender yourself to God. And more than your own husband getting you back to church so long ago, Jesus continues to bring the whole church to himself every day. And that's why every church has hope. Because Jesus is still the head of them all. And you still walk in the same light of mercy as do every church, as do I. Every church that is committed to focus on Jesus will have hope to grow with integrity. Hypocrisy within any leadership or any church is the same moral learning curve that we all face. Every church, every man and woman. Our goal is together to focus on Jesus every day until we all stand before the judgment seat of Christ on the final day. When we focus on Jesus, we know that it is our own hypocrisy that pierced his hands until we confess, as you saw and heard. 
He died so that we can come into His light and not hide in hypocrisy anymore. And the death that Jesus died, Jesus died with perfect integrity and love. There's no pretense. There's no forgery. There's no smoke or mirror in the death of Jesus. And His promise, the covenant to forgive our sins, is also true in the love of the gospel. Through all the churches and pastors, fathers and mothers, husbands and wives, or even children, in the end, since always, God remains. Yes, Jesus was a victim, victim of our sins, victim of a rigged and biased justice system. More than victim, Jesus is also a victor, a winner and a conqueror. Because of God's love and the resurrection, his life is restored. And from Romans 6.8, we know that if we have died with Christ, we will also live with him. If we had been victims, we will also be victors because of him. At a time of his own choosing, he will lift up those who trust in him. And until that time, God is always patient for us. He is patient towards you to turn from resentment to receive his love with open arms. So you may be in Christ for your Father as well, with patience of every kind. It is only by faith in Jesus that any person can stand up to any abuse with grace, whether it comes from a spiritual home or earthly home or any home. Because faith in Jesus opened our eyes to the great portion of grace that we ourselves received from God. It was only our last episode where Mary tells this promise of Jesus that he prepares a home for us with him now. There is no perfect home save for the dwelling place of Christ. And he even said, I am with you always to the end of the age. Thank you, Lord, for your work in Katie's life. Amen. My thanks also to our listeners for tuning in. God bless, and we hope to hear from you next time. Thank you for visiting Over the Roof Storyteller Podcast. For more stories to be told, you can subscribe on your favorite podcast app. And you can also tell your story with us. Simply send a recording or write to us with an email. On this podcast, we produce every kind of life story encountering Jesus as Lord. For more information or to support us through donations, please check the description below. Jesus said, What I whispered to you, tell it from rooftop. Even a whisper, if it comes from God, is meant for the world to know. This is Over the Roof Podcast. Until next time, blessings. Blessings.